This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering firms. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello, hello, hello. You are listening to the World's Best Construction Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by James Hardy. I'm your host, Fred, and as always, I'm joined by Luke and Liam. Let's come to Luke first this week. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad at all, mate. Love being on the poddy, the World's Best Construction Podcast. It's good to be home. Um, This week, I have been just shocked by the Apple Vision Pro videos. Have you seen these? Oh, it's incredible, yeah. isn't it? Have you seen the one where the like the woman's changing her boyfriend into Leonardo DiCaprio and then Zac yep. Efron and mm. yep. crazy stuff? Yeah. How do you think that will like do do you think A it's feasible? Do you think the price point is like reasonable? What are they like three and a half grand or something? And then also would you get one? I I probably would, mate, because I, I quite like yeah. gimmicky stuff like that. You know what I mean? I was, I was watching someone, um, actually, before I jumped on the call, I, I think I was watching something on TikTok, and the guy had the NBA on, and then he had his NBA manager thing on, yep. and then he had something else. I don't know. I don't know if you need a third one. But then like, you can just like walk, you walk around the room, and you just walk through the screen, and it sort of disappears, and then you can oh, sort no. of link around. Um. One really interesting. I, I always think a lot of these things with like VR and stuff, you know, everyone was like, ah, oh, the metaverse, you know, everyone's going to be doing this, blah, blah, blah. And everyone just kind of got over it, right? Yeah. I can imagine, I can imagine this is, a, well, this does look a lot better than that. Um, I'm not sure if people will eventually merge or move over to this from like traditional phones and laptops and TVs. You know what I yeah. mean? I think we're at that phase there where there's like there's loads of questions. People are like, oh, is this going to be a thing? Is it going to catch on? But it's almost like VR and AR has had the Apple treatment, right? It's The design looks incredible. The functionality looks incredible. And I was really shocked by what Casey Neistat said. He was like, you know, this is the worst version of this software. This is the worst version there's ever going to be. It's only going to get better, get more improved, become more mm-hmm. widespread. The price is going to go down as more people buy it. Like... It's like we're looking at the future. It's it's huge, it really yeah. is. Can I? So, just going to flag something. This is me being old school. Why do I need two screens at once, or more? I don't. I don't understand why I'd need. You know, a screen sports there, something yeah. else on. I'm just. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm actually really into tech. I re, I do like new tech and new innovations, and things like that. But I'm for this. I'm like, it, I guess it'd be cool to watch movies on it. Yeah, but even then, it's it's on your it's on 
your own, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing. Like, I think f- when you're watching films or TV shows, you like to watch it with people. M- a lot of the time, not always. Sometimes it's nice to watch on your own. But like, you know, when you're watching, <laughs> when you're watching stuff with like your, your your other half or whatever, like it's so much better. And this is, I don't know. It feels like you're always in solitude. Like watch Casey's video and. It's just weird. It's can you just, link it with other people, though? About so say, say you've both got Apple Vision Pros. Can you sit down together and watch the same Pro- thing probably. at the same time? Probably. Like if for, not, for they con- will be. But. For construction, like walking around a construction site and you've got... You know, I saw that video where you've where the guy's got like his grocery list on the fridge, pinned to the fridge, and he's got a cooking video pinned up above the work service in the kitchen. He's mm. got his desk yeah, all set up. He's got his movie set up in the lounge. Like... If you could do that on a construction site where you go around and there's like health and safety warnings, there's to-do lists, there's actions and snagging highlighted on the construction site, you could have virtual meetings all together. Like it's, it's a huge thing. I honestly think this is going to be, I mean, I think it'd be 10 years away. But you know, when, when the iPhone and the iPod first came out, people were like, mm, don't know. And now look at it. Yeah, true. Mm. But I think I think the iPod and I, and that's a good point about like in in the industry and stuff, you know, using this sort of tech there. And I think yeah, that it will be used more, like how a lot of technology in recent years has been that adapted by the industry or adopted by the industry. Um, yeah, the, the only thing about the iPhone and iPod is that it felt like they really filled like a need. Yeah, yeah, it was like oh yeah, this makes sense with the Vision Pro. I'm like hmm. Like what Liam said, is it a bit gimmicky? Yeah, it's a little bit. I don't think it feels like a need. We're not crying out for this. It's just cool. One thing I would say I'm definitely crying out for is a recipe, like you were just saying, so I can move around the kitchen. Because yeah. I yeah. a lot and it drives me nuts if I'm on my phone or I've got my laptop or I've got a cookbook. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I've got to turn around and walk, like turn the page. Or like, oh, you know, your screen... Um, goes to sleep and you're like, you know, stuff all over your fingers. That has made me want to get one, in all honesty. Yeah. It's probably more like, just going back to what Luke's saying, it's probably more like the Apple Watch than it is the iPod or the iPhone. Because I agree, they were like instant hits because yeah, they people did feel a need. Yeah, people understood it. Whereas the Apple Watch, they've never really released the data, have they, on how many they've sold, how many units they've shifted. And it's sort of, it's become popular, mm. but we could live without it. And I, I, wonder, I wonder if that's where this Apple Vision Pro thing is going to go as well. It's the cool thing to be seen to have. Mm. But I, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like iPads. You know, they're pretty pretty widespread, but they're not critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were, they were pretty know. massive at the time, though. I remember iPads were literally everywhere. Yeah. And now yeah. I probably couldn't walk down I, the street without bumping into an iPad. Oh, mate, how good were the tourists, the mum and dads, taking taking the photos of the iPads? (laughs) Did you ever see that? (laughs) What is it with grandparents moving an iPad closer and closer to a child to take a picture? Like, you know you can zoom in, right? (laughs) Everyone's grandparents do that. (laughs) Prefer prefer the analog version, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, though. Let's see what happens. It's, It's exciting. It's definitely exciting. I like that you brought it back, Fred. You know, this could, I could definitely see this being used on site or like designing stuff, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Between that and uh, Elon Musk putting chips in people's minds, it's, uh, it's been an exciting <laughs> week, isn't it, really? <laughs> Ready Player One, mate. We are living in Ready Player One. If you've not seen that, yeah, it is just prophecy at this point. 
Yeah, we're all going to be just, <laughs> we're going to just be playing video games and that's going to be our real, real life. And real life's going to just be boring. We're going to be living in tractor trailers and stuff. Anyway. We'll go and have a look. Anyway, bring bringing things back a bit more to reality. Well, I'll say, I'll say a bit more to reality. We've still got some pretty crazy stories from around the world this week. We were talking about the $450 million canal in Europe that Russia really didn't want. Italy's new airport terminal with a vineyard on top of it. Yes, I kid you not. And updated renders of London's new one undershaft skyscraper. Whole thing as ever, sprinkled with some of your messages and comments from the past week. Let's go. First of this week, we are talking about the $450 million canal in Europe that Russia really didn't want. A very interesting video that came out on the B1M yesterday. Now, a bit of explaining going on here. To access the strategic Polish port of Elbląg, this is on the uh, northern coastal side of Poland, uh, ships first have to pass through Russian waters off the coast of Kaliningrad. Now, Kaliningrad is a Russian exclave, uh, not, not attached to Russia. It's like a tiny little part of Russia over in Eastern Europe on the coast. For ships, as I said, to get to and from this Polish port, Elbląg, they had to go through uh, Russian waters off the coast of Kaliningrad. Now, Elblanc is enclosed in a lagoon, and the only way in and out of that lagoon is through a little pass and opening that's up there in Russian waters. Uh, now, because those waters are Russian-controlled, Russia often shut down the straits or charge ships to go through, making Poland reluctantly dependent on what is basically its not-so-favourite neighbour. Then... In 2019, Poland began construction on a canal that would give it a shortcut out of the lagoon without having to go through Russian waters. It's called, uh, the, well, the bit they dug through is called the Vistula Spit. Uh, and the new Vistula Canal, which is very cleverly named, uh, will now basically decrease the country's reliance on Russian permissions while also creating a faster and shorter route that will save time and money on shipping. Uh, they've also got freedom from uh, Russian influence, uh, which has obviously become very important since Russia invaded Ukraine. But as you can imagine, Russia really didn't want this canal built because they quite liked having a bit of uh, bit of pressure over Poland. So this is a pretty impressive example of how infrastructure can get over a geopolitical problem. What do you guys make of this video? It's a lot, mate. There's a lot of information in this. And yeah, Russia... Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I completely understand why Poland did this. But I think what followed, like the drama afterwards, is really interesting and a little bit pathetic at that. But I think a lot of global conflict is is essentially a bit daft, right, at its core. Not not trying to, you know, make light of any sort of situation, but I do think it's a waste of time. But like you said, Fred, the fact that infrastructure can be so influential on these like huge superpowers it goes to show once again how important it is um and i thought the engineering was really cool too but yeah i suppose mm. we'll wait to get into that i i couldn't help but think about the uh venice flood defense yeah system. while i was thinking about yeah. this and and this looked like the construction process and model i know it's not the same but it seems like it's a lot more successful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously this is one where you need to sort of look at a map, but basically the uh, the northern coast of Poland, uh, where this port Elblanc is located, 
there's there's sort of the sea, but then the, the sea is a lagoon, and on the sort of edge of the coast, there's a thin strip of land, the Vistula Spits, that runs up and encloses that lagoon. And as I said, the only way out of the lagoon is to go up through Russian waters. So what they've done is dug a two-kilometer uh, canal through the little strip of land to connect the lagoon to the ocean. Um, really interesting how they did it. So they, they as when they were excavating material for that, they actually went and created a new artificial land that became a nesting ground for birds, which is very nice. Not sure if they're Russian birds or Poland birds, but anyway, just <laughs> birds from the region <laughs> have a new nesting ground, hopefully living in harmony without recognizing nationalities. Um, they had to strengthen the slopes with this geogrid material. Um, and because the basically because the ocean and the lagoon have different water levels, the, the canal we're talking about here was actually constructed as a series of locks. So this is going back very similar to what we said last week with the Panama Canal story. They put these locks in to raise the ships, rather like a boat elevator. Um, but it's the yeah, it's 270 meter system of four gates, each weighing about 160 tons. You know, some epic engineering in this canal. Uh, and yeah, hu- huge, huge feat of engineering to move these ships through this canal uh, and help Poland get off dependence on Russia. So pretty, well, impressive feat of engineering in itself, but a consequential one too. Hmm. How long's um, a project like this been in the works? Like, so, it must have been for a while, right? Yeah, 2019, they decided to do it and started building it. I would imagine yeah. it's been kicking around for a little while before then. Um, yeah. Obviously, Russia's had a bit of a journey, hasn't it, on the international stage? Because there was a time where it was sort of in the fold again. Uh, hmm. But that's, I think, over the 2010s and definitely through the 2020s, that's rapidly declined, obviously, yeah. with, with the invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing that they built this just in that little sliver of land, you know, and they can pull something like this off and it can affect global trade, you know, just this little bit of land. It never, I, I never take it for granted, stuff like this, especially near water, especially near the sea, because that makes it like 10 times more complicated, you know, and that's probably, Yeah, and, and we should yeah. say like, it is a, like I said, it's an epic construction project. It is complex there's some incredible engineering going on here but in the context of other stuff we talk about on this channel on this podcast it's 450 million dollars it is a pretty small beer project but the impact it has Mm. is massive it's completely changed like polish shipping and you know international relations in that area so yeah it's the power of construction again to shape our world it's huge yeah well i think poland as a country is trying to um, understandably, more than understandably, trying to position itself that it's that it has its independence, that it can defend itself, that it's not reliant on on other places. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I've got family in Poland, and you, you know, you talk to a lot of Polish people, and historically, Poland has been, you know, dealt some really tough cards by its neighbours, right? Mm. And, uh, yeah, things like this mean that, yeah, they can have a bit more independence when it comes to trade, when it comes to infrastructure and help from the outside. So, yeah, I, th- I think it makes a ton of sense, mate. ton yeah. of sense. And also for for a canal, yeah, for a canal, it's, it's a not bad-looking project. I think it's no. a lot of it's the scenery, right? But it's a nice-looking, yeah. it's easy on the eye, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> easy on the eye. There you go. It's yeah. a view of the canal. 
<laughs> yeah. It looks better than the Panama, which is a bit messy. And I know it's an icon, but it's a bit messy, you know. Whereas this, I was like, oh, this is slick, mate. So <laughs> You can see the whole thing in one shot, which you don't get with Panama. Right. So here you can actually see it in one go, which is impressive. Uh, right. Now, as we've alluded to, guys, uh, Russia didn't really want this canal to happen uh, and lobbied against it, kicked back against it, tried to block its construction. Uh, for years, there have been uh, Russian news outlets publishing reports criticizing the project. They've cited environmental concerns, saying the project would drive local species of birds and fish towards extinction. But in an article in The Guardian, ecological experts have said the canal would basically have minimal environmental impact. And I would point out that they've built a big old artificial island, a new, a new paradise for birds nearby. So if anything, they're on a net gain, in my opinion. Uh, Russia also claims the canal was essentially a waste of money. They've said it's not deep enough to allow large cargo ships to pass through. So Russia claims the investment put in will never actually reap returns. Now, they're kind of right with that one, because at the moment, only about 12 medium-sized ships can go through the canal each day. And according to a study by a Polish university, it would take 650 years for the canal to make a return, which is not the most exciting investment proposition uh but basically they're planning now to uh deepen the port and deepen the canal to get larger ships through so when that happens they'll be able to use it for everything and uh, that obviously that massive time period for repayment will come down substantially mm-hmm. um other things russia said they said the canal was a direct uh, military threat as well as an illegal project under eu regulations the Polish government, for balance, have denied all these allegations, and so the Kremlin is pushing false propaganda. So, Oof. a right old hoo-ha over mm. a canal. Bit of drama, isn't there? Mm. I like a bit of drama. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not about claiming the investment back, is it? It's about independence, you know? Yeah. And, and to me, that's you can tell that that's what this is about. And at least Poland will be able to control this. Whereas, you know, before they weren't in control and Russia could I, you know, essentially in the future do what they want. They could close it off, that part of... Yeah, it, it makes loads of sense to me. It makes loads of sense. So It's, it's interesting, last week on the, the topic of Panama, we were saying there's the express route, right? Well, I think they mm. said the fees are two, three hundred grand and they paid four million to get it through. And then you're talking about this route and it's Russia sometimes just going, oh, actually, you can have to pay a bit more this time for no reason. <laughs> it's a huge comparison. Allegedly. Just Allegedly. In, case, <laughs> in case the Kremlin's listening. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I like this story because it's, uh, well, it's, like I said, it's not massive. But the impact it has is huge and it's geopolitical. It was really good to put this video together. There's lots of maps and explanations about what's happening. Cool bit of engineering at the core. And yeah, smoother sailing now for Polish shipping. Do, oh, very good. Very good, Fred. Yeah. Um, do you think this will inspire places elsewhere to do a similar thing? Do you think other countries and like maybe cities in some places are taking note and going, oh, yeah, no, we need to prioritize that we need to do it off our own back you know not not fall into a debt trap yeah definitely i think it's frustrating when you see uh effort put into projects like this that basically only exists because two countries have 
fallen out. You know, two groups yeah. of people have fallen out. It's you know, a shame. It's isn't about it? yeah, we're putting yeah. time and effort into independence and you know trying to stand on our own two feet and not have to rely on other people. When actually, if the world was a bit more, maybe I'm being naive, but the world was a bit more collaborative, um, we could focus on things that really matter to humanity rather than each building our own version of the same thing mm. to get around something else. But you know. Maybe I'm naive. <laughs> no, no. I, I actually think that's really poignant. But in 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 this in this system, the way things work at the moment, like I don't think that's happening anytime soon. You know, no. and I I know it. It could easily be seen that I was maybe making light of it, but I at the start I said, you know, mate, some of these conflicts you do just essentially look at them and you're like, what is the you know what's the point? Yeah. What is the point, guys? Like. Um, yeah, it's heartbreaking, heartbreaking. But like I said as well, it's it's amazing that this little bit of infrastructure, and it is quite little, like you said, you can put it in one shot, is changing a political landscape between a superpower and kind of like an emerging, like really powerful uh, nation, right? Poland putting lots of money into their economy, into their defense infrastructure. So, yeah, mate, crazy go, drums. Guys. Drums. There you go. It is not just banter and weird digressions <laughs> on this podcast. But there's a bit of poignance in there as well. We occasionally go deep. <laughs> Did you like that? Did you like the use of that word? Did that? Yeah. Well, poignant. I, yeah. Yeah. I called you poignant. You're like, yeah. 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 Liam's now googling what it means, doesn't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> guys, let us know what you think about this video, this project. Uh, get your comments coming in. Podcast at theb1m.com. We would love to hear from you. So today's episode is sponsored by James Hardy. Now they hardly need introduction because James Hardy is the world's number one producer and marketeer of fibre cement cladding and a market leader in Europe for fibre gypsum products. Their smart innovations paired with local expertise set new standards in product design, value and sustainability. Innovative products include the Hardy Architectural Panel, one of the most forward-thinking products when it comes to fibre cement cladding. With two stunning textures to choose from and the choice of any colour, you can make every project unique. There's also the A2 Fire Rated Hardy Panel, which offers facade cladding at an affordable price, perfect for your next residential or commercial projects. Guys, you can visit the James Hardy website now to learn more about this diverse range of products. The link is down there in the podcast description. But again, if you're currently busy with your hands, if you're carrying a Ming vase across a marble floor, perhaps you're climbing, maybe you're in the bath without your phone maybe you're trying to get to sleep at the minute and your phone's on the side jameshardy.co.uk forward slash a hyphen perfect hyphen match uh, that is jameshardy.co.uk forward slash a hyphen perfect hyphen match now i once had a family member say to me uh fred this link isn't working and it's because they were actually typing in the word hyphen that's not what we want <laughs> you to do guys <laughs> That's not what you need to do here. If you're confused, the link is down there in the podcast description. And huge thanks to James Hardy for sponsoring today's episode. Also in the news this week, we are heading over to Florence, Italy, where a highly unusual project has been announced. Uh, a new airport terminal at Florence Airport, which is going to include a 19-acre vineyard on its roof. This is designed by uh, Raphael Vinley Architects. 
50,000 square meter new terminal. It's going to welcome almost 6 million passengers a year when it's operating at full capacity. And and there's a vineyard on the roof. I don't know what to say. Uh, apparently, this is a winemaking region of Italy. I don't know how many bottles are going to come out of here every year. I don't know whether they're going to be duty-free or not. But we'll keep you updated as more stuff becomes clear. <laughs> I mean, what do you make of this one? Uh, anything, anything, sorry, anything would make this airport better. So absolutely. <laughs> this is one of my <laughs> least favorite airports I've been to in my in my life. I've been there, I think I've been there like three times. So things like this, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Because it's just like, a sh- it's like a shed. Hot shed <laughs> in summer. <laughs> it's the same guy who uh, designed the walkie-talkie, Liam. Oh, so, that's okay, yeah. That's why I think maybe it stands out to you, you know. I should yeah. say this is now his, big his fan. practice because Raphael, <laughs> Raphael Vindley passed away last year. This is now his practice. Ah, yeah, like carrying but, on the memory and good design. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. true. <clears throat> I, uh, yeah, I forgot that, obviously, Raphael. Yeah, go on, Fred. Go on. No, what I was going to say I went on a wine tasting once, um, but I was mm. I was rather drunk and forgot what the expression is. But is it the nose of the wine or what it smells yeah. like? You know, you stick your nose in and get the flavor on the nose. There you go. On the nose. So with man. this, I imagine sort of very sophisticated people swirling the wine around in their glass, having a sniff and going, oh, I'm getting a bit of aviation fuel. Oh, yeah. I'm getting a bit of uh, yeah. Ryanair leather seats. You know? <laughs> oh, now we're talking. Very strange. It's... I guess, I guess, yeah. I don't know this, but I'm guessing the idea is to minimize its impact on the landscape by giving it a green roof. But, yeah, weird. It is very odd, isn't it? Do you know, do you know Florence has a short runway? So if there's, if there's wind, flights usually have to get um, diverted to Bologna. Oh, really? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing Liam really hates this airport. <laughs> okay, I'm getting a lot of vibes. <laughs> just also, they, they, like, it's overfilled, facilities are poor, and it's just insufficient. It just, yeah. Well, this new terminal does look bright and airy. There's some inside pictures, and it does look bright and airy. But question I've got is if you've got, they've obviously got these sort of steel trusses and things. You can see these very nice tree-shaped columns internally. It looks very light and airy. But if you've got a vineyard on the roof, you obviously have to have decent soil to grow the grapevines in and get decent wine out of it. So it's going to be quite a lot of weight on the roof, especially when it rains or when it snows. Like The amount of engineering that goes into holding that roof up just to have a vineyard on the top of it is is pretty extreme yeah are, are you sure they're going to turn it into wine though because this just could just be part of the region we're putting a, a vineyard on top just to fit with the landscape and the culture you know italy and it's just it's not actually going to produce grapes would you would you really want to produce grapes with like jet fuel and things like that flying over top of it and fumes no. and things well, that's what most of the comments are. Someone's saying uh, 747 undertones coming through in this glass of wine. Uh, yummy <laughs> petrol aftertaste. Uh, and then a very uh, kind of well intelligent comment. Someone's saying, how is it even going to work with jet fuel? What about all the other requirements for an airport to be operative and functional? Uh, how is it going to integrate a vineyard on its roof? You're going to have debris, leaves, insects, water distribution, pesticides, birds. Uh, he says it's a perfect example of greenwashing even in the mm-hmm. worst outcomes. So, yeah, I, yeah. 100%, mate. I think it's Lots stupid. I think this is stupid. 
yeah, stop trying. It's trying too hard to be something that it's not a vineyard. Yeah, Italy, I think, has a lot of vineyards. I mean, Liam might have a good point. Maybe it's just trying to, I don't know, blend in with the surroundings. Does it need to, though? It's an airport. <laughs> that was... The bit that hasn't blended in is that massive three-kilometer stretch of tarmac. Right. <laughs> right. I don't I don't understand this one. Like, I, th- I, I think know it's the not intentions... tarmac, by the way, just before the aviation world piles oh. on my Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think this is a bang average project, actually. If I'm being, I think the interior is okay. It looks like an airport that was built in the 2000s, 2010s. Mm. You know, it looks Stansted like a senior airport. Yeah, yeah, it looks like. I was thinking Stansted, Fred, actually. Mm. Um, looks okay. Um, no, not. This ain't it. Sorry. Uh, a few yeah. other comments. Someone's saying, uh, we haven't got a name for this person, but they're saying, when I was at Florence, I was surprised how small the airport was. So there you go. Uh, and then mm. Mark, he's probably got the top comment saying, I have a feeling the roof won't look anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they won't do it. They won't oh, Mark, you've uh, you've been following this channel for a while. You know that they're going to water that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a massive shame because Florence is like one of the most beautiful places I've been to. I, I adore Florence. You know, the cathedral there, the streets, the history, the architecture, the food. Yeah, you're going it's for a- that, aren't you? You're not going for the airport. Ex- exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I can understand why they want a better airport, right? Is the point. But this, I don't think this is. Stop, stop, stop pretending. Stop pretending like this is. Of uh, value engineering. Did you guys see uh, the Daniel Liebskind's uh, Maggie's Royal Free Center? It's like a cancer center. Uh, it's been unveiled and it looks nothing, nothing. Like the, like it was supposed to look like originally. It's been horrifically engineered. Now um, let me try and find you. Let me try and find you guys a photo. Go and have a look at this, guys. The before and after. What is it? Uh, What's the, it called again? It's Studio Liebskin's uh, Maggie's Center, the Royal Free. It's it's terrible. I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to find a picture for you now. <laughs> no, it's not good. Right, render versus reality sort of oh, thing. Right, hundred percent. It looks. Com- it's a completely different building. It is. Oh, here we go. I've got it for you. Are you are you noticing that's like becoming more and more common, Fred? Like in the industry, you know, like renders look nothing like what what actually. I actually think it's got better. I actually think the world's got a bit better at that. But this is this is an example of where I mean, you've got a completely different building. You've got it's now basically a V-E'd piece of curvy concrete. Whereas before it was supposed to be like timber clad and airy and the windows were a special shape. <laughs> it is terrible. So I might hopefully Florence Airport doesn't go that way, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. I think Mark's on the money. Oh, that is rough. Mm. That is rough. Okay. Well, see you in a few years, Florence. I'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, staying over in the UK, heading over to London, the UK capital, we've now got a new render of one undershaft. Yes, that's what they're actually calling this skyscraper, guys. One undershaft. Uh, new renders emerged showing the side-on profile of it for the first time, and it's got a stepped design. It's kind of like a set of boxes. I'm not sure it makes it look any better than it did before. But anyway, this is a big new building. It's going to be rising on the Aviva site. So there's currently a 23-story tower there called St. Helens that's going to be demolished. Aviva are going to move. 
and this super tall tower is going down. It's going to rise, I should say, still subject to planning approval. But if approved, it's going to rise 309 meters above the city and match the height of the shard. It's going to actually exactly match the height of the shard. So the shard is 309.6. This is also going to be 309.6. I mean, I'm very tempted to stick something on the roof, even for 100 oh. mil, you know, just to get just to get a bit higher. Uh, Eric Parry Architects originally granted planning consent back in 2016. They've then massively changed the plans for the final planning submission in January 2024. Uh, 117,000 square meters office space into the city of London. And Luke's got the top comment. He's posted a gif of Han Solo saying, over my dead body. So take us away, Luke. You're not a fan. Oh, it's dreadful. It's dreadful. There's no cohesion it's just boxes stacked on boxes. Um, this is going to be the joint tallest building in London. Maybe even the tallest once it's actually built, right? And it's not good enough, Fred. It's not good enough to be the tallest building in London. The, the cladding is average. Um, there's no crown. Like you said, it's just a flat roof. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand how the City of London, how the planning authorities can happily be so undershafted by Wait. by this. <laughs> I don't get it, mate. It, I, I just don't I don't see the vision. I don't get it. I think it's I awful. You. I hear you. I agree it's bland. But I would say it's better looking than twenty two Bishop's Gate, which is really bad. I don't a, think there I are so many so. glass boxes. It's also better than the walkie-talkie, and I would challenge no. you. I would say, do we actually need yet another novelty skyscraper in the city of London? Yes. Do we need some yes. glass boxes now? Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Liam. What? Better than this? We need an icon. We need. We need yeah. our own Empire State Building. Yeah, London's head- skyline is iconic, mate. Like, if you just fill it with glass boxes, it's just going to be like any other city. Thank you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this ain't it. This nah, ain't it. We're, we're ugly, settling. We're settling for average. We're settling. And I, I have no idea how some people are like, yeah, go on then. Go on then. You know I lodged a complaint about this like on their on their feedback. <laughs> I know you did. They did a um a consultation, didn't they? And I said it's I said then uh, this isn't good enough, you know, like this isn't it, it, Fred. Fred, it's a box, the crown. I, I agree a, with you. I, it's very bland. It should be. It should be better. It should be more impressive. It's a very big building to go on that site, and what you're losing is the, the view of the the walkie-talkie uh, and the Leadenhall building and the Gherkin. And as Liam says, it does change the skyline. But I, I don't think we should just keep putting up novelty stuff. What, what do you mean by novelty? Why not? Define, define well, it's novelty. Either, oh, it's the cheese grater, or it's the scalpel, or it's the gherkin, or it's the walkie-talkie, or can't we just have a building that doesn't look like something? Can't we just have like a much more? Yeah, but that's building? like every other. We've that's got, like got, every other major city. We've got our Empire city. State Building. We've got the Shard. It's the biggest, most dramatic-looking nah. building in the country. That, the Shard is our Chrysler Building. We need oh. an Empire State Building. Yeah, we we need. <laughs> I think we could go taller as well. I think I think the flight corridor is causing a lot of problems now architecturally. I think it's outdated. Don't think it's needed. Think they could reevaluate that and should reevaluate that as soon as possible. Mm. Um, I like what you said though that it's not just a glass clad, right? That it's mixing up a little bit 
yeah, with its with its cladding, we absolutely do need a little bit more variation on 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 the facade. But mate, there, you know, if you shrunk this a little bit, you could wait for it. Wait for it. You could erect this in Canning Town, and it would fit in, mm. wouldn't it? Like you know, like the Dockland sort of um, loft apartments they're building there, like the tall buildings they're building there. You, this looks like that. They're playing it safe, aren't they? I don't, know, I don't even think they're playing it safe, Fred. I think that's saying, that's kind. I think it's laziness. I think it's like, what's the video? Uh, the world's biggest compromise, like the the One World Trade Center design. Like yeah. there's so many. Yeah, that looks decent though. I still stand by One World Trade Center. I think it looks all right. This is like you've got that egg at the bottom. You know, <laughs> the egg, that's the crazy. And you're like, oh, wow, that's this is a bit, this is a bit fruity. Like, I like this. This is like a bit different. And then you look up and you're like, all oh, right, it's just a shed. Mm. A nearly, yeah, I don't know, Fred. A few comments. We've got someone saying super tall and super bland, which is mm-hmm. probably a good mm-hmm. way to put it. Uh, Matthew saying it looks like a 1960s university building facade. Mm. Uh, Stephen saying, I thought the world was having a difficult time filling all the office space post-pandemic. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of office space in the city of London now, so good point, good point. Uh, and then Alex saying, another glass box. Is it really that hard to make something different and beautiful? Apparently. <laughs> oh, someone's done the same thing that I wrote, undershafting itself. <laughs> someone's done <laughs> Oh, I thought it was original then. Oh, Someone's well. saying it'd be much more interesting with a braver design. The gherkin and the shard give good examples that should have been followed. Yes, Note, hands down. He did not mention or reference the walkie-talkie there. So. Yeah, he didn't have time to. <laughs> a few other comments are using expletives that I can't use on this podcast, but let's just say the reaction to this building has been, as with any tall building in London, has met the ire of Londoners. I also want to point out, on the first render, right, you know this whole thing about maintaining the sight lines to St Paul's? You can now mm. see tiny little St Paul's in the distance between this, like, corridor canyon of skyscrapers. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, we kept the sight lines. Yeah, great. Mm. But Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't it's pretty small. Yeah. Well, you, you mm. can't see it, can you? It's just way in the distance. Yeah. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about these bits of news this week. We've got Italy's vineyard-topped airport and updated renders of London's one undershaft, which, as Luke said, has been one undershafted. Get your comments coming in over at podcast at theb1m.com. Heading over to the email inbox and the messages box. What have you got for us this week, Luke? Right, we're kicking off this section with an email from Josh Eden who says hello from the States. He says he loves the pod. I've been subscribed to the B1M on YouTube going on four years now. Uh, It's been my haunt ever since lockdown started, but I only started recently listening to the podcast and he loves it and he listens to it while he's at his desk. Um, And he also compliments the intro and he's saying, can you send me a link to the the track? I was like, so I'm going to do that for Josh. But I thought that was a nice way to start this section, you know. Oh, thanks, Josh. If you're listening right now at your desk, mate, I hope your day is going okay. I hope your work's going okay. I yeah. hope you're able to use your hands for that James Hardy link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, and we've also got regular listener 
uh, emails in a lot. We love him, Colin Woodall. He says, um, lads, quick note, Fred is right. Hurricanes are actually named alphabetically. Of course I'm yeah, right. Yeah, I was Googling that on the episode. I just didn't want to... <laughs> I just didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> we know so, you Google stuff, it mate. Like, was it named after the bloke at the Weather Center at Spotsville? Like, they'd all be called Hurricane <laughs> Dave, wouldn't they? Like, <laughs> Dave's like, one of other one. Where Dave. did I get that from? <laughs> Where, like, what is named after Spot? Is it like a star or something? Someone spots stars. something? Is it stars? Yeah. They are oh, quite stars. Sometimes they're like, like Hurricane Hank and stuff like that. Sometimes they're yeah. quite. They're quite sort of kind, nice names, which I think delivers a sort of false sense of security for people as they're boarding up their windows. Yeah. <laughs> Never been a Storm Fred, I'm sure. aware of. Oh, storm Fred. Of course there's been a Storm Fred. We have to get a long way down the alphabet for you, lads. Luke and Liam. Yeah, that's true, actually. The only Storm Fred's been on YouTube, mate. Wee. Tropical Storm Fred 2021, mate. Really? Whenever, Tropical Storm Fred. <laughs> so I'll send that on the old slack the old slack nice. ladder there we go mate so look just a couple of emails this week keeping it nice and short and sweet but feeling loved so that's nice isn't it very nice yeah, thank thanks, you Colin. Messages, guys now if you're currently on Spotify there is a very simple button you can press it's got five stars you can pick how many stars you want to give us we'd like you to give us five very quick and easy just press the freaking button we're going to try and get it up to 400 if we can uh, and if you're on Apple, uh, again, leave us nice reviews. Again, click the five-star button. We really appreciate it. Because then we can get our banter, our digressions, our quizzes to more people in the world, which I think is what the world needs right now. You know, we need mm-hmm. less Apple Vision Pro and chips in heads and more <laughs> of the world's best construction podcasts. <laughs> get your messages coming in, guys. Podcast at theb1m.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Did you have Mate, your the... typical little Fred Mills hotel breakfast? Do you have your little bowl of cereal, mate, with your little milk? <laughs> and then you go What's and have your, and then you have your fruit and your yogurt. Oh, you get oh, that's I did have fruit. And then you go I have some bacon and sausages. I did have fruit and yogurt, and there was a Belgian cereal. waffle maker. So well, I had you have a like a little process. So I had a Belgian waffle. there with your cereal? <laughs> Slurping it? Your little cornflakes? That's cornflakes. That's what you do. <laughs> Wait. I don't know if you're still doing your routine. It's been a while. <laughs> I was like, mate, you can have some bacon and sausages? Oh, not yet. No, no, no. no. I'm going to have some cereal. I'm gonna have that's, some why you, that's why you've got gut. I'm going to have some fruit. And then, yes. and then I'm going to have some eggs and toast and bacon. I'll, oh, okay. What? How have you that's been crazy? You're obsessed with sit, me. Mate, you you're obsessed. have a process. Sit there, sit there with your little bubble. Have a and process. Like, this guy's obsessed with me. He's like written down what I have for breakfast and remembered it for five years. <laughs> no, I don't write down anything. I remember it from the 50 hotels we stayed here together. <laughs> sit there all grumpy. 50. Sit there all grumpy. Yeah, because I woke up with you. <laughs>